Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing a series talking about living in God's best. Man, that's what I want. And I believe that that's what God wants for you. Most of us are settling for less than what God has for us. And it's not up to God whether or not you are blessed. God has already blessed all of us, but we have to stretch. We have to believe. We have to get dissatisfied with less than God's best and pursue it. If we don't pursue the things of God, we won't get them. God has a perfect plan for every single person's life, but it's up to you whether or not you enter into it. Now, it's not your power. It's God's power. It's His blessing, but it is received by faith. So I've already been teaching on this for two weeks, and I just haven't got time to go back and summarize everything, but it's really important what I've said. I've tried to contrast and to show the difference between a blessing and a miracle. And uh, anyway, I haven't got time to go back, but let me just say that I've got this book. It's a hardback book, and then I've got DVDs and CDs, and we've got a lot of material. I encourage you to please take advantage of it. What I want to do today is to show you that a blessing is not a thing, but rather it's the spoken favor of God. Now, this is very important that you understand this because often people will look at this car or this house and say, boy, that is a blessing of God. No, that may be a result of the blessing of God, but a blessing is not a thing. If you think that a blessing is a thing, well, then if your things get affected, if you were to have somebody steal something or if, you know, some damage came to your things, well, then your blessing has been destroyed. But a blessing isn't a thing. A blessing is the spoken favor of God, and it will produce things. It will produce tangible, visible results. But you can't focus on those physical things. You know, it says in Galatians chapter 3, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. It says in uh, verse 13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And then verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. I don't want Abraham's things. I don't want his tent that's been, you know, rotten for 4,000 years. I don't want his animals that have been dead and their skeletons and stuff. I don't want his things. I want the favor of God that produced all of those blessings in Abraham's life. Here in Genesis, let me just use a couple of scriptures to illustrate this. This is in Genesis chapter 1, where God created the heavens and the earth. And it says in Genesis chapter 1 and in verse 20, And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and the wing fouled after his kind, and God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, here's how a blessing is given. A blessing is the spoken favor of God. Man, that is awesome. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas 
and let fowl multiply upon the earth, etc. Then down here in verse 26, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them, and God blessed them, and God said unto them. Here again is the blessing is spoken. And so this is very important that you understand that. The blessing is not the physical things that may come as a result of you being blessed, but rather the blessing is God's favor. And the reason this is so important to me is because I started believing that I was blessed when there weren't any physical manifestations of it. When I was hungry, when I was poor, when, you know, the Lord had spoken to me and blessed me and told me that I would minister to people all over the world, that he had called me into a ministry and I was going to share with these things with millions and millions of people. And you know what? That was the blessing of God. I believed that and I embraced it and I saw it with my heart long before I ever saw it with my eyes. And if I would have thought, well, I'm not blessed until there are these physical things here to prove it, then I never would have seen all of these things come to pass. I first of all had to believe in the blessing and it just helped me to recognize that the blessing is what God says about me, not necessarily what I see. Now, ultimately, if you are walking in faith, faith will give substance to things hoped for. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. I'm saying that there will eventually be physical proof. You can see the blessing of God in your finances, in your relationship, in your health, in all kinds of things. Eventually, there will be manifestation. But you can't look only to the physical and use that to determine whether or not you're blessed. You have to go by what the Word says. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. The blessing of God is his spoken favor over us. And you know, if I had time, I'm not going to take the time, but if I had time, I teach a class in our Bible college where I go through and for two or three hours, I just trace Abraham and how the blessing of God began to come in his life. Let me give just some real quick highlights of this, but I encourage you to go study this out on your own. In Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Again, here he is promising that he would bless him, that he would release his favor, that he would speak favor over him. And remember that words are what created all of this heaven and earth. Everything was created by words. Words are the parent force of everything. And when God speaks words of blessing over you, there is creative power in those words to bring to pass whatever you need. So he's telling Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to speak my favor over you. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And then he goes on and he says in verse 3, and he says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Man, there's a lot of times that the word blessed is used. 
Did you know that there are, oh, if my memory serves me correctly, I remember searching this out years ago, but I think there's over 500 times that the word blessed, blessing, blesseth is used in Scripture. And in contrast, there's about 30 times, 30-something times that the word miracle or miracles is used. Now, obviously, there are times that a miracle is related and it doesn't use that word. But likewise, there's times that people are blessed and it doesn't use some form of that word. So I'm saying that there are many, many, many more scriptures about being blessed than there are about receiving miracles because being blessed, walking in the blessing of God is God's best for you. God wants you to have this supernatural ability. And so he just says, I'm going to bless you and I will bless anybody who blesses you and I will curse anyone who curses you. And you can see that right here in this very chapter, Abram went down into Egypt and because his wife was so beautiful at 60 something years of age, he thought somebody was going to kill him to get to his wife. So he told her to lie and say that he was her brother and not her husband. And so Pharaoh took Sarah into his harem. He didn't have sexual relationships with her, but that's where he was headed. And God woke him up in a dream at night and God rebuked Pharaoh. And so did you know that Abram, in a sense, he actually, I know this is going to be offensive to some people, but I mean, this was the wrong thing. There's no way you can whitewash this. He lied about his wife and took all of these uh, slaves, all of these cattle, all of these camels, Pharaoh gave him. In a sense, he pimped his wife, made money off of her. And instead of Abraham being rebuked, Pharaoh was the one who was rebuked. In this situation, Pharaoh was actually more right, more righteous than Abraham was. Why did God rebuke Pharaoh instead of Abraham? Because Abram was blessed. And once God had given the blessing, it could not be reversed. And so the blessing of God, he said, I will bless whoever blesses you and I will curse whoever curses you. And because Abraham was blessed, when Pharaoh came out and started to do something in innocency, in ignorance on his part, there was no maliciousness, but nonetheless, he got rebuked by God. And he was just that close to being cursed and God protected him and spared him. Well, that is awesome. And then in the 13th chapter, you find that when Abram began to obey God even more, God had originally told him to leave his father's house and all of his kindred. Did you know he didn't do that? He didn't completely obey. He only came out partially. He stayed with his father in the land of Haran for a while. You can read that in the 11th chapter. And he waited until his father Terah had died, which God told him to leave him. He didn't. He came out with his father, or you could, I guess, say that his father came with him, and they lived in Haran for a while, and he waited until his father was dead, and then when he came in to the land of Canaan, he still had Lot with him, which was part of his brethren, and God told him to leave him. And I'm sure that Abram probably felt responsible for Lot because Lot was his nephew. His brother had died. Lot was probably... You know, Abram probably felt responsible for him. And so he thought he was doing a favor and he just kind of interpreted what God said. He didn't completely obey. He partially obeyed and he brought his nephew with him. But in the 13th chapter, they had both become so prosperous because of the blessing of the Lord 
that they couldn't dwell together. They had so many flocks and herds of sheep and camel and all these things that the land couldn't bear them. So they had to part. And when Lot left Abram, then it says in verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot had separated from him, lift up now thine eyes. And the blessing increased. And he said, now everything that you see is going to be yours. Prior to this time, the Lord had told him that he was going to give him a land, but he didn't know what land it was. But when he finally obeyed God and started cooperating more and he separated from Lot, then God showed him more of it. And here's the principle for us, that God has a plan for your life and a blessing for your life. But you know what? You have to learn to obey and cooperate with God in order for the blessing to manifest. Boy, that is a big statement right there. That is huge. And you know what? There's a lot of people that hear me teach about the grace of God, that God doesn't move in our life because we deserve it, because we're worthy. God has never had anybody qualified working for him yet. They will hear statements like this, and they think that that just frees them up then to go do their own thing. They don't seek God. They don't pray. They don't study the Word. They don't obey God. They just do their own thing. I can tell you, a person like that, God does love you. And his love for you is unconditional. You can't make him love you more by obeying. You can't make him love you less by disobeying. And all of that's true. God loves you. But if you don't cooperate and follow what God tells you to do, you stop the blessing of God. It's not God who stops it. It's not God who says you aren't worthy but you stop the blessing of God. When God tells you to go this way and you say, no, I'm going to go this way, you stop the blessing of God. And see, Abram had compromised. He didn't totally obey God. He only partially obeyed. He brought his nephew with him. And I'm sure the thinking was that I need to protect him. He doesn't have a father. He was like a father figure to him. But let me say this, you know, it goes on to explain how that Lot moved down into Sodom and Gomorrah and the people there were exceedingly wicked. In the New Testament, it says that Lot was a righteous man, but he vexed his righteous soul from day to day in seeing and hearing their unlawful deeds. And eventually, God came down and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says that Lot went into the city and talked to his daughters trying to get them to come with him. It says daughters, plural. We don't know how many, but that means that there were at least two daughters who were married to men in the city who were killed in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot escaped with his wife and two other daughters. His wife turned around and looked behind her and she turned into a pillar of salt. You can read all of this in Genesis chapter 19. And then his two daughters that remained they thought that all of the men on the planet had been destroyed, and so they got their father drunk and actually had sexual relationships with him, and so they both got pregnant through incest. Let me ask, how it could have been any worse for Lot if he would have just been left in Ur of the Chaldees and if Abraham would have just obeyed God and had done what God said? Did you know, anytime you get to try and tweak what God says and figure out how it's going to work and improve on it, you're going to mess things up. If you really want to see the blessing of God in your life, you've got to cooperate. 
And so Abraham only partially cooperated. He came out to Haran and stayed there for a number of years with his father until his father died. Then when his father died, he still just partially cooperated and he came out with Lot and they stayed together for years until eventually the land couldn't bear them. And when Lot finally separated, then the blessing of God increased because now he was more obedient to what God had told him. If you want to see the blessing of God manifest in your life, you need to obey His instructions. You know, I'm going to talk about this more later in this series, but on January the 31st of 2002, the Lord spoke to me, and it was, in my estimation, the second most important encounter with God I've ever had. And He spoke to me, and he, for out of Psalms chapter 78, verse 41, and it says, you are limiting me by your small thinking. And see, I knew that God had told me that someday I'd be ministering to people all over the world. And I was following it to a degree. I had been on radio for decades and I had just started on television in January the 3rd of 2000. We had seen our ministry double. We were reaching about 3% of the U.S. population in January of 2002. And I was making progress. I was moving in that direction. But the Lord told me I wasn't cooperating with him. I was thinking too small. I was limiting God by my small thinking. And a lot of that came because of the way I saw myself and because of a lot of other things. I've got a whole teaching on this about don't limit God. But anyway, when the Lord spoke to me and I realized what the problem was and I repented of it and I began to cooperate with God, the blessing of God just exploded in my life. It's not like I did this and then God responded to me and began to bless me. No, God had already spoken things over me and he had revealed them to me. And I knew some of the things that God wanted me to do. But my fear of people, my fear of getting into pride and other things held me back from just totally embracing and acting on what God said. When I finally saw that and I start, started cooperating with God, it's not that God responded to me and blessed me, but no, God had already blessed me and I was limiting his blessing because I wasn't obeying. I wasn't speaking forth what he was saying. I wasn't taking the risk that I needed to take in order to see God's blessing come to pass in my life. So. God's blessing wasn't in response to me, but my obedience was in response to what God had spoken to me. And the more I obeyed and the more I followed and did what God told me to do, the greater I have seen the blessing of God manifest. Did you know that back in 2001, the year before God spoke to me, January the 31st, 2002, our income was about $2 million in this ministry. And man, that, that was a huge increase over what it used to be many, many years ago. But did you know, since the Lord spoke that to me and I have taken the limits off God and I've started believing God, we have increased in our income. And the reason I'm sharing all of these things, I'm not trying to point to me and what I've done. I'm using this as an example and saying to you, brothers and sisters, that God has bigger plans for every single person watching this program. I don't care where you live. I don't care what's gone on in your life. God's plans for you are absolutely awesome. But in order for the blessing to come, you have to cooperate with God.
You know, for instance, I used this on my program yesterday. The manna was just a little wafer, and it was miraculous, but it was temporary. And some people would rather have that just, uh, you know, partial supply and have it come relatively easy than to sit there and dig a hole in the ground, plant a seed, water it, weed it, wait, and do all of this. See, the blessing of God, there is a blessing in a seed. A seed, I mean, it is absolutely God that put, you know, this fruit and all of these things in this little tiny seed, but it doesn't release its power until you cooperate with the laws God created of seed, time, and harvest. You have to take that seed and plant it in the ground and water it and give it the right nutrients and the right temperature and on and on. There's things that have to happen. Whereas a miracle, it just, you know, the manna, it just came and you just had to go out and gather it up. There's a lot of people that would rather just have God dump something on them than learn the laws that are in the Word of God about the blessing and how it works and cooperate with it. It takes effort to walk in the blessing of God, but man, the returns are a thousand times greater than if you just live from miracle to miracle. Man, I pray that you're understanding what I'm saying. Because this has transformed my life. And like I was sharing my own personal testimony, and it's not just about the money, it's the outreach, the number of people that we're touching, the lives that are being changed, the miracles that are happening. It's 30 times, it's 100 times greater. Not because God changed and God started doing something. No, God had blessed me from the very first encounter I had with Him. God told me what He wanted to do in my life, but I was limiting God by not cooperating with Him. You have to cooperate with the blessing of God. It doesn't just come automatically. You have to learn to receive it. You have to access grace by faith, is what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. You access the grace of God by faith. You have to cooperate. And so this is what we're talking about. And I tell you, it's starting tomorrow. I'm going to start sharing some things with you about blessings and how they operate and how you cooperate with them. That if you can understand this, it will just unlock the blessing of God in your life like you have never experienced before. Man, how many of you could, could uh, profit by being blessed more than you are? Well, God has blessed you. It's not up to God. It's just up to you about accessing these blessings. And this is what we're going to be talking about. And let me remind you that I've got this hardback copy on this, Living in God's Best. Our announcer will give you information about that. And then we also have CDs and DVDs where we uh, teach on this, and it would be a real blessing to you. So listen to our announcer. Please call or write today. Receive these materials and then join me again tomorrow as we continue to teach on living in God's best. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. 
This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. This is the last day we'll be offering this teaching, so be sure to respond today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. I want to let you know that when you support Andrew Womack Ministries, that we also support a lot of other ministries. We actually started the Springs Rescue Mission that is now the largest distributor of food and clothing and furniture in all of Colorado Springs. We've got ministries to orphans. We've got ministry to children that have been caught in the sex trade. Uh, we support uh, pregnancy centers. They've actually lowered the abortion rate in Colorado to one of the lowest in the nation. and. There's just a lot of things we do. So when you support here, you are helping us reach people all over the world. Have you checked out the Inside Story yet? It's a great way for you to get an inside look of what is happening at Andrew Womack Ministries. With years of interviews, there's a lot to get excited about. Check out this month's featured story today, only at awmi.net. I wanna let you know that I'm gonna be speaking at the Encounter event in Oklahoma City. I'll be there with Mario Marilla, also Rich Van Winkle, and then my niece, Rebecca Cunningham and her husband, Stephen, are putting this on, and it's gonna be a great time. It'll be on the 5th and the 6th of March in Oklahoma City at Victory Church. I believe you'd be really blessed, so plan to be with us March the 5th and 6th, Victory Church in Oklahoma City. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are helping us bring healing to people all around the world people like Colleen Marino. For years, Colleen struggled with crippling pain and nerve damage in her back. That is, until her daughter introduced her to Andrew's teachings. When I started hearing some of the things that he was saying, that it's not what you do that allows God to love you. It's who he is. This determination started coming up on the inside of me. Get up. You don't have to stay where you are. Eager to hear more about God's unconditional love and grace, Colleen and her husband enrolled into Karis Bible College. It was here, sitting under the Word of God, that she was able to walk out her complete healing. To watch her full story, visit awmi.net today. I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. 
I felt that he was just speaking truth. The perspective is so different, it's so new, and the, the understanding runs so deep. When you start speaking to your problem and commanding it to leave, that's when you start seeing great things happen. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's Word and truth, it is the gospel truth. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.